BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. You know, we talk a lot about having guests on for a part two because we always, Amisha and I always get so excited and there's so much to talk about and we never can fit it in in just one hour. I mean, there are a lot of people we want to have back on, but because the conversation's a little endless, but I think Dr. Geller's kind of been at the top of that list for a long time. And it's the first time this has happened on Lipstick on the Rim. We're having our favorite guest on for a third time. That's right. We've never done this. That means he's really important. So listen, we're going to be talking today about how hormones affect skin, hair, and nails. And here's where it's going to get really good. We're going to talk about the truths, the myths, and the things we don't know. And Dr. Geller is here in person in La La Land. Just to give you guys a little bit of a background, if you guys haven't tuned into our last two episodes with him, you need to know that he's an incredible endocrinologist. And just to be transparent, he is my endocrinologist who I've been with for 10 plus years. His practice is in LA, Palm Beach, and he really thinks beyond just numbers, meaning that he looks at you as, well, he looks at you as a full person and a human. He really has been so incredible and effective in my life through a lot of different health and issues over the past 10 years. And what I love about him, he's really, truly devoted to a very special practice that affects so many women. I'm so lucky, and Emisha also uses Dr. Geller. We're so lucky to be able to sit here and have you because so many things are truths and myths. And I'll ask him questions like, that's not fucking true, Molly. Like, no, don't, you can't take that. Or, you know, we're really happy to have you. And I'm really blessed to be able to have someone like you that a lot of people can't get to. And that's why we really want to keep always having you back on Lipstick on the Rim because you are our, you are our resident endocrinologist. Well, thank By you. By the way, will you just like tell everybody what an endocrinologist is if people yeah, are listening for I mean, the first time? As an endocrinologist, we specialize in hormones and hormones are these chemicals that travel through your body and signal every different organ, whether it's growth, you know, during childhood, puberty, of course, fertility, muscle strength, energy, metabolism. And so there's literally hundreds or thousands of different hormones in our body that we have to navigate. So Dr. Geller did a really good thing. He pretty much produced today's episode because we asked him, Elizabeth, my producer asked him, what are some of the things that people want to know? That they de Can you debunk them? Can you demystify and also set the record straight? So we're going to ask you, and you're going to answer your top 20 questions. Number one, is collagen a hormone and does it really work for thinning hair? No. It doesn't? No. And people oh, are going to be surprised to hear that. But, you know, collagen is actually, it's a protein. It's the most abundant protein in our body. It's like, it's in our bones, it's in our hair, it's in our nails, it's in, you know, cartilage. And it is a really important component of hair, but taking collagen as a supplement doesn't necessarily make its way back in there. And that's okay. really frustrating for a lot of people to hear. It's, this is really frustrating considering that I take collagen, I get on my collagen kicks. Does it do anything? Yeah, well, it's a protein. So you're still getting a protein out of it. It's just 
we're going to see this theme throughout the day that you can't just put the toothpaste back in the tube. So collagen is important for hair and other proteins, but just taking them orally, your body digests it like protein, just like food. So if you take collagen, it gets in your stomach, it breaks down into individual amino acids. It does reincorporate into protein in your body, but it's not going to necessarily cause hair to grow. And unfortunately, there's really no good studies scientifically showing that. Oh my God, that's oh, sad. Okay. All right, thanks. That's like kind of depressing. Sorry. Okay, no. I am not asking for my husband, but what causes skin tags? <laughs> skin tags. So, you know. Skin tags? Don't listen, Mike. Don't hear Mike. Mike. You're not listening. You're at work. You're at uh, Morgan Stanley. Okay. People get grossed out by skin tags. So oftentimes they're just from friction. It's just basically skin rubbing on skin, which is why they tend to occur where there's folds of skin, like under arms or in between legs. They occur more often in pregnancy. But, you know, there can be hormone conditions as well that cause skin tags. And, you know, one of the messages I really want to get out today is that, you know, if you have a cosmetic concern, whether it's skin tags or acne or hair loss, yes, you know, we want to treat it, but it's better to first take a deeper dive. Let's try to find the root cause of what this is, because a lot of these conditions, skin tags included, can indicate an underlying hormone imbalance. So, for example, growth hormone, if someone has a growth hormone producing tumor or they're taking growth hormone, that can cause skin tags. If they have high insulin levels or insulin resistance, sometimes that'll cause skin tags and other changes that we'll talk about. I would have never thought, I literally just thought a skin tag was from what you just said, friction, not from anything underlying other than like two pieces of skin are rubbing together. Yeah, there's more to it than that. Our diet really affect acne. Yes, absolutely. There is no question about this. And you know, you and a lot of your listeners may just know this anecdotally, but there's actually scientific studies now proving that, you know, high glycemic diets, diets high in sugar, high in carbs, high in processed foods contribute to acne. And so avoiding those, avoiding dairy and, you know, taking certain supplements can also definitely make a difference. Just want to say one thing, a little shout out to Dr. Geller. Dr. Geller got me off dairy 10 years ago. So here we go. Here we go. True or false? Probiotics have been scientifically proven to help acne. True. And there's several different, yep, they've done science. And the cool thing I want to also mention is that, you know, in the old days with supplements, you know, we just had anecdote and, you know, maybe like the hippie at Whole Foods would pull something off the aisle or a friend would recommend something. There's actually now like good scientific studies that are quality being done that can tell us if something really works or doesn't work, what dose you should take it, et cetera, just like we have with, you know, medications. So there are different strains of probiotics that have been tested as well as other plant-based supplements that have been proven to help clear up acne. And there's some other cool things like spearmint tea has been shown to reduce breakouts, topical tea tree oil, which can help breakouts, but by the way, it's not good for men. Tea tree oil can lower testosterone. Resveratrol, which is another natural compound, can help with acne. So there's a lot of natural things, actually. Do you think in your world of the medical profession, and not to put it down by any means, because the one reason why I love you is because you don't just look at the Eastern version of medicine or the Western version of medicine. You kind of are somewhere in between. Right. And that's a compliment. Do you see the more of the Western part, do you see, do you see it changing? Do you see it opening up? Like not just to, Oh, your blood work says you are a 56 ferritin. And so therefore you do not need, you are in the vital iron level. Like you are perfect because you're in between these two numbers. Right. So I'm so glad you brought this up. So what's considered the normal range is not necessarily that optimal or healthy range. And just taking a step back, Western medicine, you know, I'm really disappointed in Western medicine. I spent, you know, 20 years in med school and residency and fellowships being, you know, spoon fed this stuff. And the fact is, you know, it's really all based on diseases and diagnoses and drugs. And there's really no emphasis on preventative care still from the, you know, medical community at large. It's really been patient driven and people doing biohacking and, you know, figuring this out on their own. The supplement industry and it is an industry, but that's okay. There, again, as I mentioned, are studies now supporting the use of these things. Previously, nobody cared to invest any money to look at this stuff because it's not a drug that generates billions of dollars for pharmaceutical companies. And I think now if we can somehow, like you say, preventative, it will help us not get so far down the line where you're having a heart attack or you're having a surgery that had you just ate a little better, taken a few supplements. Again, I know it's not that simple, but I do think, I don't know, like there's this whole thing about, and again, I'm not going to do microdosing or LSD, but a, a friend of ours is having an alcohol problem and trauma and all of that. And they were talking about, you know, now there's great scientific studies to talk about exactly that. 
Yeah. Absolutely. If you would have told me that even 10 years ago, I'm like, there's no fucking way. But now I'm like, well, I could, that could be cool. Yeah. There's so many avenues in medicine like that that are, you know, opening up towards integrative approaches like what we're talking about. It doesn't just discard Western medicine, but there definitely is a middle ground approach that's much better. And, you know, look at acne. Like so many women get acne, their doctor puts them on a birth control pill or just some, you know, flat out approach that masks the symptom, doesn't do anything to address. No one talks to people. What about your diet? What about your stress? What products are you using on your skin? You know, what are you exposed to? And then those same girls are on birth control for 20 years. Right. Because of acne. We've talked about that on the prior episode. Well, the, the main thing, if you're listening, if you get your blood work and then just because you're in, if it's from five to, to 25 and you're like, I'm a six, that's probably not optimal, right? Like it's kind of, it should be somewhere in between, but even if it's somewhere in between and you're still not feeling well or still feeling something's wrong, that's when you have to keep going back and keep going back. Okay, what are the top three signs of testosterone excess? Well, acne would be the first. Excessive hair growth is another really common one. You know, body hair, the growth and losing hair, losing hair on the, like what we call in a male pattern distribution in the, the front and top of the head. And, you know, that can happen from hormone imbalances in women. It can happen from obesity. And it can also happen from exposure from taking topical testosterone, which some women use, you know, as hormone replacement. Or if their spouse is using it, it can actually transfer into their skin. So that's an important consideration. To keep oh, I in didn't mind. know that. Yeah. It's, and it's happened. And in fact, if women use it, it can transfer to their kids. So it's really important that they wash their hands well and don't, you know, have it oh, in wow. an area of their body if they're hugging their children or something that it can transfer. And what does testosterone do in the body? Well, it enhances libido in women. It enhances, you know, muscle mass and energy. Those are the main reasons we use it in women. Is there, are there a lot of women that have like a lack of testosterone? Like, is that yeah, a thing? I mean, if, oh yeah, it's definitely a thing. And it's more of an issue in menopause. We are not going through menopause ever. <laughs> just for the record. We're, we're will, not, we're that not That will be a long it. podcast is, if we yeah, have to do that. We're not, we're not going through it. But yeah. if we were happened to one day hear about someone going through it, what would you suggest? Get on it early, deal with it early. So your body doesn't really quote unquote, see the menopause that long. You know, that that's important. Yeah. So name three hormones that can cause flushing. So, you know, cortisol is the first one that comes to mind. Cortisol is our stress hormone made in our adrenal glands. Um, mm -hmm. That can be elevated from stress, but it can also be elevated from tumors in the body or just the body making excessive cortisol or not clearing the cortisol out. You know, that sort of stereotypical image of a, of a man with like real rosy red cheeks, that can be from estrogen. So estrogen mm -hmm. sometimes, even though we think of low estrogen causing flushing and hot flashes in women, sometimes excess estrogen in men can cause a flushed appearance. You know, I do see that in men sometimes. I'm always like, why is he so red? Yeah. So if they have like a flushed red face and a big nose and man boobs, that's often a sign of alcoholism. <laughs> and, and, those are all, and those are all mediated by high estrogen. So yeah. So that, that's one. Um, thyroid, too much thyroid can cause flushing. It makes people sweaty and hot and sort of revved up. I remember when you first put me on my first thyroid medicine, I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm, because when you first go on thyroid medicine, everybody will know this. It's really hard to get your dosage down. And then when you do, you figured it out. But oh my God, I'm like sweating. My heart's racing. He's like, we got to lower your thyroid medicine. It's, okay. an, it's an art. It is an art. Are brittle nails caused by hormone issues? Hypothyroidism, which is low thyroid, can cause brittle nails as well as skin and hair. And, you know, the reason these three topics are lumped together is because when we're embryos, they all sort of develop from the same tissues. So skin, hair, and nails often will see the same problems. So will I ever be cured of my hypothyroidism? Probably not, but, oh, great. you know, you don't have a severe <laughs> so, case so of it. Good to know. Yeah, it's not likely going to be cured, but it's supported. Well, no, we support it very well. I, I love you. Every every day I take my, my thyroid medicine. By the way, you know, too much thyroid hormone is also really toxic to the hair. So it'll cause hair shedding and brittle hair and hair, you know, all that stuff. So there's a balance. Is it normal to have some excess body hair? Sometimes. And sometimes it's just genetic or it's, you know, from normal hormone fluctuations. In women also, as they get older and their estrogen declines, but sometimes their testosterone is still normal, that imbalance can create some body hair. So, you know, what matters is if there's a sudden change. If there's a significant change in body hair excess, that could indicate an adrenal tumor, an ovarian tumor, or some other, you know, hormone imbalance. A lot of times this is just genetically determined and it's, you know, annoying but not dangerous. Do you believe in doing the genetic testing, the blood testing? 
I think if provided that we have a good conversation ahead of time with the patients of what are we going to do with this information, you've got to think about that ahead of time because it opens up a real Pandora's box, you know, finding out your genetic code. And I always say we don't have to be victimized by our genetics. You know, if we have a genetic predisposition, that doesn't mean we're going to get the disease. I always bring in genetic counselors and, and experts to help frame those conversations. Maybe we should have something like that on the podcast with you and talking about that, because I think it's more and more people... People want to know. People right. want to know, again, so you can, for lack of a better word, take control of your destiny. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, it's a tricky slope. I ended up doing it last year. It's interesting to know. You, you know, know, some people just say, you know what, I don't want to know. I don't care. But, you know, it can also help us inform decision-making. For example, if a woman's considering going on hormone replacement, maybe she doesn't know her family history as well. Genetics, you know, can, can unreveal some things that may be of use. So, yeah, I think all women should know if they're BRCA1 or BRCA2. It's definitely, that's another show and another topic. But the more and more we learn about that, it can really help us in our future. Okay, number nine, what is one hormone that can cause stretch marks, easy bruising, and facial redness? Cortisol. Again, that stress hormone that we keep talking about. So cortisol can be elevated 99.9% .9 of the time when I see high cortisol, it's from stress. It can also happen from alcohol use. Alcohol causes something called pseudo-Cushing's. Cushing's is a disease of high cortisol. But what people drink a lot of alcohol, the cortisol just hangs around longer. doesn't clear out of their body as much. And so they'll get those same features of, you know, flushing, stretch marks, easy bruising. And my cortisol was a little high. Would, do we, I can't remember. Do you, can you take something for cortisol? Depends on the cause of it, right? So if it's just stress-mediated, there's great natural supplements, including ashwagandha, which is yeah. a class of adrenal yeah. adaptogens that's been, again, scientifically tested. It's probably one of the best scientifically studied supplements we have right now that's been proven to lower cortisol levels. You know, we love the brand, um, yeah, Moon Juice. They, they have great ashwagandha powder that I've, I, I have, try that. Yeah, I have it home. I literally got it like a month ago. Did you know that it's basically impossible to get all the nutrients you need from your diet 100% of the time? Ritual knows and acknowledges this firsthand, which is why they made a multivitamin that helps you focus on what's important, filling the key nutrient gaps to support foundational health. I've been taking Rachel's Essential for Women 18 Plus for a while now, and it really has become my favorite multivitamin. First of all, I love the packaging. The pills consist of this fun yellow capsule. I'll get into a little bit more in a moment, but the bottle, it's translucent. It just feels super clean and sleek. And you guys know how much I love good packaging. It really does go a long way. But let's actually get into what it does and how it works. This is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. With nine key nutrients in two capsules per day, their unique beadlet in oil is even patented. Cool, right? These are one of the few women's multivitamins that USP verified, which means what's on the label is actually what's in the formula. I know it sounds crazy, but you'd be surprised how rare that is. It's called USP. They're also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. Each bottle has a minty essence, which I love. I think this is such a clever little thing they do. It keeps things fresh and encourages me to actually want to take my multivitamin because it's actually enjoyable and not a nuisance. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash lipstick to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. You guys, spring starts next week. I kind of can't believe it. And as always, spring shopping and spring cleaning is in order but we're not gonna talk about spring cleaning today. We'll save that for another time. Spring shopping though? You know I can always talk about shopping. So let's get right into it. Macy's Own Your Style has everything you need to get you ready for the season ahead. I always talk about their incredible curations and here you will find everything from a dress destination to women's resort, what to wear to work, and much, much more. This spring, it's the time to really lean into pastels and florals, light jackets, lighter tops, layering in ways that can take you from day to night. Here in LA, it can go from 65 degrees during the day to 50 at night. So I always like thinking ahead where I'll be, what I'm doing, and what I'll need. It's the time for transitional dressing. 
I suggest investing in a new pair of jeans, maybe a new versatile dress. Like I said, a new jacket, maybe a little lighter sweater. I always find those super handy. Flats. It's a great time to invest in great new flats. A loafer or a ballerina flat is a must this spring. The list is sort of endless, and you know I can keep going, but these are the essentials I would stick to in order to reinvigorate your wardrobe. I think we could all use a refresher or two as the seasons change. It's all about building on your existing closet to add new staples and alternatives to what's already working for you. Just head on over to Macy's.com slash own your style to find the perfect way to up your wardrobe game this spring. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. I want to ask the next question about tanning. So, (laughs) (laughs) True or false? JFK was so tanned because he was sailing and hanging out in the Hamptons. False. Are you serious? Yes. JFK actually had a serious adrenal disease called Addison's disease. It's an autoimmune disease of his adrenal glands. And I won't bore you with too much science here, but his pituitary gland made an excessive amount of hormone, including pigment hormones that caused him to be tan. So... Oh my God, that's such a good fact. I love him. If you're finding out, you know, if you find that you're tanning without being out in the sun, you make sure you get your adrenals checked and your pituitary. It's rare, but it's not tan, but he's kind of always like out. He gets tan. I don't think he's just more like he's just tan. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Stuber pale. No, I don't think I've ever seen him. He likes gray, my little one, you guys. He's like white. And red and sweaty. Then you've got Brooks, who's like tan and golden and like and just like glowy. It's like it is amazing the skin difference right. between two boys. Yeah, yeah. Not well, sure about the same parents, but two boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, that's so crazy about JFK. Yeah. So you know the point of this is again like pigment disorders. Again, they could be mediated by hormones and what someone might think of as just a unique feature or, you know, something to go see the derm about, actually, maybe you should see an endocrinologist. Do you have a lot of people come in, we're going to dedicate a whole episode to trusting your gut and second opinions. Do you have a lot of people where you say like a, a, a woman or a man will come in and they're like, I just have this feeling. We get that, absolutely. Or, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of quackery in this field, especially out here in L.A., right? So, you know, patients have nonspecific symptoms. Maybe they're just tired, they're gaining weight, and they're, or they're having some skin issue, and they'll go to some quack who will give them some false diagnosis, put them on a bunch of meds or supplements, and never again look at the underlying root issue. So and we have to kind of like start from scratch and peel back the layers and look back and find out what's going on with your body internally that led to these symptoms. And, and you know, a lot of times patients are really grateful. We can find out something or, or reassure them. But that's the common scenario that I get, you know, handed off. I was at a great talk for a brand called Womaness. And it's a, it's a pre, perimenopausal, menopausal brand that is starting to catch on fire. And our really good friend, Annie Boulanger, is, you know, a part of helping raise for them. And it was such an interesting talk. And and this other woman said, I went to my doctor and I said, I just feel like I'm off. I feel bitchy. I feel like I'm sad. They put her on antidepressants. That's super common. You know, unfortunately, we hear this all the time, you know, just put someone on an antidepressant, put them on a birth control, never take the time to talk to someone, look at the big picture as to what's going on in their life or, you know, how we can help them in a deeper way. And again, it gets back to that whole discussion about Western medicine and more integrated medicine right. and how we approach things. So what should they do? Like what, so say that's me, say I'm the person that's like, I'm, I'm not feeling great. And my doctor did that. What, what do we go see an endocrinologist? I think, you know, you want to see someone who's going to and I'm not just saying it's got to be me, but someone who's going to take the time and really sit down and talk to you because it's that conversation. It's that what we call review of systems. You know, someone will come to me for, a, they th- think they just have a thyroid issue 
but I talk to them about their sleep and their diet and their stress and their gut. And, you know, and they'll be staring at me like, why are you asking me all this stuff? And then they start to realize why we have to look at the whole picture. So whoever it is you go to, whether it's your internist, your gynecologist, if they're not spending time and, you know, a good solid 45 minutes, probably at least of time with you, listening to you and talking oh, yeah, to you. Yeah, because I'm like, I'll be like, I'm great. He's like, really? Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm feeling good. I don't feel like I'm well, going to cry. Well, I think my example with you, Dr. Geller, was like my my doctor for years, I was, I was like, you know, I would complain to her about certain things and she was like, oh, your thyroid's normal, even though I was put on thyroid medication during pregnancy. And you said to me, you were like, well, you're on thyroid medicine during pregnancy. Why weren't you on thyroid medicine? Not on pregnancy, not post-pregnancy rather. And my levels were technically normal, like for insurance purposes. Right. So, you know, but I was low, you were on the, you know, I was right. on the low side and I had my appointment with Dr. Geller last week and I went and checked my thyroid and my thyroid is now like, you know, it's like, it's beautiful. It's perfect thyroid. <laughs> yeah. Well. We love when you're like, thyroid's looking beautiful. beautiful. You're feeling good. Everything I was working. like, I was like, thanks, Dr. Geller. No, but you really but, do. You do, you know, I'll say like, I'm good or I'm not feeling well or I don't really want to be here and answer all these questions. But you really do dig deep. You're like, how are you sleeping? How is it? Like you you ask questions that ultimately gives you more of a full picture right. of what's going on in the body. You know, and the thing about hormones is every single thing, you know, it all connects. So it's not like hormones are in a vacuum. Estrogen affects thyroid and growth hormone affects estrogen and vice versa. And stress hormones affect everything. And sleep affects all of our, you know, our circadian rhythms, which affect our hormones. So, you know, I'm not just asking all this stuff to be nosy and, you know, friendly with my patients. It's, <laughs> there is a deeper reason behind it because I really want to help them on a deeper level and not just write a prescription. I think it's an important point because for me, like, I want, my insurance won't cover my Synthroid because I'm in the normal range technically. So, it, but it's, for three months, I pay like $30. I mean, it's $120 for three months, right? And that to me is one of those things where I feel better. I don't get sluggish in the middle of the day, but under a normal circumstance, my normal doctor didn't prescribe it for me. She's like, oh, you don't need it. You're in that range. Yet I was in the low range. So I just think that's important, you know, for our listeners to ask questions. Like if you are in that low range, you know, maybe say, I would like to try it and see if I get bumped to the middle of the range because you will see a difference in how you're feeling. I certainly did. I, I mean, I felt like, I mean, you saved my life. I was 190 something pounds. And I mean, I was, oh my God, I, I, I thought I was going to fall asleep standing up. I mean, I yes, I had a newborn, but it's, you know. We have to even. say, you know, we always say, or I say, treat the patient, not the test. You know, you can't just yeah. look at that number like what Molly was saying earlier. And, you know, sometimes I use thyroid hormone as a diagnostic test as well as a treatment. So if somebody has symptoms of hypothyroidism, their numbers are a little wonky and they're not sure they're kind of on that borderline like you were, you know, we'll put them on thyroid hormone. Let's see. And if you feel better on it, then that's a good little controlled experiment. And if you don't feel any different on it, we can always stop it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's worth that, that trial sometimes. Okay. Number 11, what are three skin pigment disorders that can also be related to hormone imbalances? All right. So the first one is melasma. Melasma is something like a pigmenting issue, usually on the face around the lips that women get. And it's strongly associated with estrogen. And we often see it in women who are on birth control pills or in pregnancy or in some, you know, estrogen dominant state. Another one is something called acanthosis nigricans, which is a dark sort of velvety appearance that happens often on the creases of the neck or in the underarms, kind of like what we talked about with skin tags. And the third one is vitiligo. Now, vitiligo is not a hormone issue per se. It's an autoimmune destruction of the pigment in the skin, but it's often associated with other autoimmune conditions, including hypothyroidism, which is why I, you know, I included in that list. That's so interesting. So yeah, the, the acanthosis nigricans, that velvety dark thing that I mentioned is a really clear sign of insulin resistance, prediabetes, mm. not, not to be ignored. Oh, that's important. Yeah. Number 12, what are the side effects of growth hormones? This is a big topic. The best way to answer this is just tell you about this patient I had. So I had this woman who was seeing me oh for years and you know, I hadn't seen her for a while and she'd gone off to one of these anti-aging clinics. I'm not going to say <laughs> who she was, but, and I hate this term anti-aging. We could talk about that, but you know that Molly, I mm -hmm. don't like that word. We don't like that word either. So anyway, you know, she came back and she had gained weight. Her joints were aching. Her joints were swollen. Her blood sugar was high. 
And she literally said like her ring, her ring was tight, like her shoe, things weren't fitting well. She was just inflamed. And turns out she was going to this anti-aging clinic and taking growth hormone and too much growth hormone will cause all of those things. It puts people at risk for diabetes. It can cause arthritis, joint swelling, thickening of the bones so much that rings and shoes and even hats don't don't fit well in people that wear hats. So well, isn't the whole thing about the whole Barry Bonds, like they took the the growth hormone and like his head grew or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know. It's like it what makes your head grow? Yeah, it makes bones like at the end the distal bones. So like fingers, feet, hands, only those bones. You're not going to grow taller as an adult, but the distal bones will grow and, and enlarge the facial bones. And we know women who are taking it to lose weight and for I muscle do. mass. Right. Yes, you do. I'm not going to say who. We all do. But there's, you know, there's risk to it. And especially if Text it's, it if to it's, me immediately. Text me. I need to know. <laughs> you know. Okay. I'll be going to text one second. Keep text going. Oh, I need to. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even know that growth hormone did that. I I just assumed it was something athletes did. It also makes no. you kind of manly. Look at your text. Not that we're you, talking about anybody. You know, the irony about growth hormone, you know, it may, of course, it has some cosmetic benefits if it's used appropriately. The irony about growth hormone as a quote unquote anti-aging, you know, people naturally who have lower growth hormone levels live longer and have lower risks of cancer. And that's lower, been, lower risk. That's been definitively proven. There's populations in South America that are deficient in growth hormone genetically, and they have an extremely low incidence of cancer and long and, and true longevity. So Growth hormone, despite the beliefs out there, does not promote longevity. You know, there's a big, mm. th- there's a big thing now. And again, you may look prettier when you die, but you're going <laughs> to die earlier. That's so funny. You're, you're still dying. There is, I wouldn't say a trend, but there is a movement of, again, I'm five foot 10 and my husband's six, four, six, five, but of giving children at a certain age growth hormone. So, and again, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor, but is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it kind of somewhere in the middle and you don't, we don't really quite know yet? You know, that's an area I don't really get involved in because right. I'm not a pediatric endocrinologist, right. but I know that, you know, yes, you're right. There is a big movement. And, you know, nowadays, you know, people aren't just content letting their kids just develop the way they were. I mean, obviously if a child is deficient in growth hormone or has a pituitary or some disorder, yeah, that's of course reasonable. And how do you find that out through like bone scans? Yeah, they do what's called bone age testing. It's x-rays of your bones to see if your bone age is consistent with your chronologic age. Right. And then they do sophisticated testing of the blood and pituitary gland. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are just putting their kids on growth hormone. to be. It does work. It makes them taller. And, you know, there was a really interesting book that came out years ago that basically showed the statistic that for every inch of height somebody has, they make X amount, $100,000 more per year statistically. So there's a strong mm-hmm. correlation between height and financial status, unfortunately. I, I think that. that drives a lot of this. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Is there any risk, though? That sounds dangerous. Like, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable injecting growth hormones into my Listen, kid. I think if there's like, a real problem, it's what he's saying. It's a slippery slope, but more and more they're trying to figure out, right? Right. I mean, there haven't been any long-term problems of people who, but they've only studied like the legitimate cases of growth hormone. They're not studying like the, you know, West Side parents who just want their kid taller to go to- West Side parents <laughs> of LA. Yeah. Okay. Number 13, true or false? Vitamin D is actually a hormone and not a vitamin. That is true. It's actually a hormone. It was, vitamin D is oh. a hormone? Vitamin D was misnamed as a vitamin. And the difference between a vitamin and a hormone, you know, hormones are made internally in our skin and a vitamin is something that you can only get from the outside world, basically. But vitamin D is made when sunlight hits our skin and changes a chemical that's called pre-vitamin D that ultimately ends up getting metabolized through the liver to make vitamin D. And as a hormone, vitamin D has a lot of, you know, important functions that we're only just still starting to figure out. Initially, it was only thought to be important for bone health and absorbing calcium, but we know that it's important for the immune system and may prevent certain cancers, may have roles in autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis and type 1 diabetes. So it's a fascinating chemical and it is a hormone. I did not know that. Hmm. My vitamin D was low, so I'm back taking, I'm taking the vitamin D like you told me to, but... I always think I'm fine with vitamin D because I'm like, I'm out. I live in California. Yeah, you'd be surprised. So, you know, I see so many patients who live at the beach. They spend a lot of time outside and they're shocked to find out their vitamin D levels are still low. And that's for a couple of reasons. You know, if you wear a T-shirt or you wear sunblock, you're going to pretty much prevent any generation of vitamin D. And you really need like a broad amount of skin exposure. They did these interesting studies years ago. The best natural vitamin D levels are in roofers and 
day laborers, people that work picking fruits and vegetables in the fields. They have mm, their, their, whole, their whole back exposed to the sun. She loves the sun, so I'm yeah. sure your vitamin D levels are My vitamin are D amazing. levels are probably just fine, yeah. honestly. But can you, is, is, is it, are there oral supplements that like really do kind of the trick just as well if you are deficient? Absolutely. Like a liquid one? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's liquid, there's oral, and, and any of them are pretty bioavailable. They work well. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so it is better to take it with some food or particularly like a healthy fat you'll get better absorption of vitamin D, but it can definitely be supplemented and it should be in, in most people. Thorne is a good brand. What else do we like? Pure. Pure, Pure is a good brand, P-U-R-E. When I learned this fact, I was shocked. Do you guys know that 90% of your skincare goes to waste because it gets either wiped off or sweated off before absorbing into your skin? That is why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new product I have been trying called Droplet. Their award-winning handheld device transforms serums into a high-velocity micro-mist that absorbs into the skin 20 times deeper than topicals, where the ingredients can actually do some good. The device pairs with the Droplet mobile app to unleash the most powerful, deeply penetrating results and lets you personalize your skincare routine with targeted treatment modes. I've been using the droplet for hydration and collagen. It's so easy to use and actually pretty fun. You just choose the serum that best meets your skincare needs and you literally start misting. It delivers powerful treatments, guess what you guys, in under 60 seconds, morning and night, right from the comfort of your own home. While it feels like a mist, it's really offering an injective alternative without needles, pain and recovery. It's the ultimate self-care experience. The device works with formulation capsules. Think of it like an espresso pod. I've been using the Collagen Hydro Filler Set in Pink, which is a potent plumping combination of nourishing collagen with other soothing ingredients. It contains 30 collagen capsules, that's right, 30, and five device cleaning capsules. I love this one because it helps return your skin to a useful state of supple hydration. It also has a lifting and firming effect, which never really hurts. Personally, I've been using it under my other skincare and makeup in the morning and then just under my skincare at night. There are probably other ways to do it, but this is what I've found works for me. For a limited time, listeners can get 50% off your Droplet device at droplet.io and use code LIPSTICK. That's droplet, D-R-O-P-L-E-T-T-E dot I-O and use code LIPSTICK. We spend a lot of time in the kitchen in my house. I might not be the best cook, although I do love baking. But that's not the point. The kitchen is the center of our home, and I think probably for most people it is too. It's so important to have everything you need to make that space feel as comfortable and inviting as possible. That's why I'm so excited to talk to you guys about a new cookware brand called Caraway, which you can now save 10% off the full suite of Caraway products from their internet famous cookware to their newly launched food storage set, which is so good. Their thoughtful designs make getting and staying organized easier than ever. Okay, so they have really cool, fun new things I want to call out. First, Caraway's high-quality ceramic-coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, such as Teflon, lead, candmium, and other toxic materials. Secondly, their kitchenware comes in a variety of the best colors. I love so many of them. It's pretty expansive. There's cream, navy, gray, sage, Paracotta marigold, which is like a beautiful dark yellow, black, white, rose quartz, silk green, emerald stone, and midnight. Our kitchen is navy and white, so I really love the cream, the white, and the stone. But the paracotta is really fun too. I think I'm going to get a set for this summer in the Hamptons. It'll go so well out there. The third thing I want to call out is their ceramics naturally slick surface, meaning minimal oil or butter for slide off the pan eggs and easy cleaning, which guys, this is huge. This is a game changer. Let me tell you, honestly, investing in all of this fun cookware does make me want to be a little bit of a better cook, but I suppose only time will tell. LOL. Visit carawayhome.com slash lipstick to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash lipstick, or use code lipstick at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. We're 
were the top three derm signs of hypothyroidism? All right. So that would be thinning, you know, brittle hair, looks like hay, dry skin, and splitting nails. How many of your listeners out there are going to say they have hypothyroidism based on these three things? And that's, that's the tricky part. These are really common symptoms. I have a lot of patients who come into my office and they say, I, you know, I'm tired. I have dry skin. My hair is dry. I know it's my thyroid because I Googled it. Just give me the script. And I always say, I have terrible news for you. Your thyroid's perfect. And it doesn't mean we can't address these issues, you know, in another way and still take a look at, you know, their whole system. But these are the most common skin manifestations. Hyper. Right. Thyroidism. Right. You got it. What are signs of that? So it'll be, it'll be like hot, sweaty, really anxious. The heart is racing 120 beats a minute. People are losing weight, you know, unintentionally. Wasn't Jenny Mullen? Didn't we have her on with yeah. it? She had hyper. Yeah, she, was, she got she really thin. So she much said. weight. Yeah, it's really dramatic when you see it. It's, it's just an unpleasant, you know, feeling. I mean, people, because they're losing muscle mass. It's not good weight you're losing. Right. You're burning muscle and pissing it out. It's not good. All right. Number 15, true or false? Biotin is a great supplement for hair loss. False. Are you kidding me? It's false. I knew it. He's just shitting on all of our hair hair dreams here. (laughs) So, you know, biotin, again, getting back to the collagen analogy, like biotin is an important factor in our body, but taking it as a supplement doesn't do shit. And they've done, you know, plenty of studies. And there was one study done that showed it may help nail thickening. It may help the appearance of nails, but it wasn't a really well-designed study. But the important thing to know about biotin is that, you know, a huge percentage of the population takes biotin. And biotin interferes with the accuracy of hormone testing. Okay. Right. This is no, why. No, it doesn't really. Yeah, it does. So, you know, they did a study at Mayo Clinic. They studied 800 some odd patients, and like 7% of them had levels of biotin in their blood that was enough to screw up their lab tests, basically. But patients don't know that they're taking biotin and they don't tell their doctors. And there are a lot of people out there with inaccurate blood test results because of biotin. That is mm. so crazy. I mean, his office literally called. If you're taking biotin, please stop two days before you get your blood levels. It's like an automated message every three months. That I didn't know that because, yeah. I mean, listen, it's marketed as biotin is the the grand stamp on hair, skin, and nails. Right, right. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, it's a water-soluble vitamin, meaning if someone takes it, it's not going to hurt them. The worst that happens is that they get expensive urine. It's not going to accumulate or cause any damage. And if someone says, hey, I take biotin and it's helped me, great. There's no harm in that. But, you know, I just want to kind of reveal what the science says about some of these myths out there and help people make better, you know, decisions. So biotin just has a really good PR agency and great marketing. (laughs) Clearly. And collagen. Yeah. Yeah, And collagen, those two. Why do so many women lose hair after they have a baby? Did this happen to you? Yeah. Did not happen to me. So it freaks okay, people well, out. It's, great. It's, I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, you don't have to say that. But yes, it did happen to me, Dr. Keller. It's really common and it freaks people out. And it's usually like several months after the baby's born. This condition is called telogen effluvium. And the hair cycle basically has three stages. Our hair grows, it then rests, and then it sheds. But after a baby or after some big stressor or surgery or an illness like COVID, we're seeing a lot of this the hair cycle gets sort of stunned. It jumps right into that shedding phase and people just start losing tons of hair. I see you giving me dirty looks. It doesn't, I mean, it, it's not permanent. In most cases, it does not become chronic. My hair's never been the same since I got diagnosed with my thyroid after having my first baby. I used to have great hair, but just for the record, I did three hours of bleaching last night. So I just want to just preface that. I'm like, yeah. I am like platinum blonde here right now. So, okay. Are there any supplements that actually work for thinning hair? So, you know, there are some brands out there, one in particular called Nutrafol that's been heavily Mm. promoted. And actually they have done some clinical testing with Nutrafol and it has shown to be effective. I think the issue with Nutrafol or any of these things, it takes a long time to see and patients are, you know, impatient, (laughs) right? So, you know, I always tell tell people it's got to be like six months or a year to see a difference with whatever you're taking. There's also some supplements that have been tested in men, saw palmetto, and another thing called beta-cetosterol. These are plant-based products that can block DHT, which is a, a hormone that can cause male pattern baldness. So, you know, those can also help. There's also, okay. there is a shampoo also called Keep It Anchored. Okay. <laughs> I like that shampoo. Keep is that really what it's called? Yeah, it's called Keep It Anchored. So Keep It Anchored also claims they've done clinical testing that showed an improvement in, in hair loss, and it's got all these antioxidants in it and whatnot. You know, we have to be a little suspect when a study is done, of course, by the company, but who else is going to fund it? So, 
you know, that's interesting. Maybe over time we'll see more data about that. The other Keep thing Keep it that, anchored? Is it for yeah. men and women? Yeah. Keep yeah. it anchored. Yeah. It's a good name. So, you know, the most common cause of hair loss by far is actually iron deficiency. When I have a patient come to me with hormone, a hormone consult looking for a reason for their hair loss, I always check iron. And I would have to say, if we find a reason, it's iron deficiency. There's like four different markers of iron. There's serum iron, there's percent binding capacity and transferrin, satur- there's all sorts of things. But ferritin is kind of the most sensitive marker. It's our iron storage and our bone marrow. And you know, a normal ferritin is, I mean, on that quote unquote lab range, normal ferritin may be like 20 or something like that, but an optimal one for hair and other benefits could be like, you know, 40s or above. So that is by far the most, I'm not saying anybody who has thinning hair should just take iron, but that's often missed and it's the most common cause. That's so interesting. Yeah. Why would a breast milk hormone affect my skin? So there's a hormone called prolactin, which is elevated Mm -hmm. when women are breastfeeding, but it can also be elevated from stress, from medications or from pituitary tumors as well. And when prolactin is elevated, it can cause breakouts and it can also cause hair loss and body excess. So what we find with a lot of hormones, as you're seeing in this talk, like there's a lot of overlap and crosstalk, like it was designed, quote unquote, to be a breast milk producing hormone, but it does all this other stuff. And that's because the breast was actually, it's actually an elaborate sweat gland, the way the breast developed embryologically speaking. And so these hormones have a lot of crosstalk. They do have a lot of crosstalk. And I think that's where, you know, something, someone like you at debunking what's true and what's not true is really important because like you said, so many women are like, I'm tired. I've got brittle nails. I've got a thyroid problem. Oh, no, actually you, you, you don't. Right, right. Okay. How many hormones contribute to acne? There's over like 13 different hormones that we've discovered wow. that can contribute to acne. It's, it's, it's incredible. So, you know, a lot of them, you know, are stress related to stress, cortisol, cortisol releasing hormones. Growth hormone is also what we call a stress hormone because that can go up. Of course, testosterone, DHEA, insulin. Insulin also will cause acne and breakouts. So when we talk about insulin resistance and obesity and high sugar diets, this is why it contributes to acne. So there's a lot of things out there. But at the end of the day, really healthy, low glycemic diet, avoiding inflammatory foods, probiotics, as we talked about. Zinc is also a great supplement that's been scientifically shown to help with acne. can definitely turn this around. People are taking more and more zinc. I'm taking zinc, but I've only been taking zinc since COVID. Yeah, well, there's It's so of- interesting we've been talking about, literally, I just realized my girlfriend's cousin in town is launching a skincare brand that is based on hormones. And so you're supposed to like spit into something and she's launching it, I think it's sex. And it, you spit into something and you get, and she, the whole idea was born out of, she had some serious fertility issues and it was all about like her hormone balance and the entire skincare is based on your hormone, like your specific hormone makeup. That's really I'm, interesting. I have a whole package. I should send, send, send I'll, me, I'll, send me I'll, her info or something. About yeah, it. that I'm is gonna, interesting. I'm going to email it to you. I mean, like her story, it's actually cute. Like she said, the tote bag she has says, it's not me. It's my hormones. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to buy Yeah, that. it's cute. I'm going to buy that bag. Yeah. All right, number 20, um, how does sunscreen interact with your hormones? So, you know, sunscreen, we have to think about what are the chemicals in there. We've talked a lot about on these podcasts about these endocrine disrupting chemicals and, and you know, besides just plastics, but makeup products and sunscreens that get into our skin. So there's two types of sunscreen. There's barrier sunscreen, which are like zinc products that literally just block the absorption. And then there's chemicals and the chemicals are the bad ones. This big, you know, particularly one called, you know, oxybenzone, which has been outlawed, I think, in some states because it also damages coral reefs. Like literally a few drops of this stuff in an Olympic-sized swimming pool is enough to damage a coral reef. Are you serious? I'm not kidding you. And and they've banned it in in Hawaii and products there for that reason. But it also, in humans, it can cause endocrine disruption. It can cause potential fertility problems and may even promote breast cancers. So no oxy. Yeah, you basically want to use like like a barrier type of sunscreen. So, you know, mineral-based sunscreens that have like zinc oxide or titanium dioxide oxide, those are, those are completely safe. But, you know, the skin is like a really strong, easy way for chemicals to get into our body, especially with children. They have such a, a larger amount of skin relative to their, to their body size and, and it stores in the fat. So sunscreen is actually quite toxic and it's important to learn to read the label. Just like we do with food, we now le- need to learn to read labels for products. It's really important. Read the labels. 
Yeah. Hormones, they cross check everything. You know what I mean? Like everything is affected by everything. All right. We're going to do a little rapid fire. What's your biggest vice? Susie Cakes. Oh, I love Susie Cakes. What are Susie Cakes? Susie Cakes is more of a West Coast. I don't know if they have it over there. It's just like this great cupcakes and cookies and their icing is really good. And it's, it's. Dr. Geller, you eat that? Never know. Of course. Your biggest pet peeve. Litter. Hmm. People throwing trash, throwing trash on the beach, throwing trash on the sidewalks. Drives me nuts. One thing you'd bring to a deserted island. My sailboat. Favorite book of all time. The Dove. The Dove. It's a fantastic story about a true story about a guy from L.A., who, a teenager who sailed away and sailed to Hawaii and sailed all around the world alone, Amazing. alone as like a 16-year-old kid from L.A. Go-to cocktail. Tequila and ice. Favorite food. Peanut butter. In any form. Best restaurant in Palm Beach. Well, it was Coyo Taco, but they're gone now. So I would say San Ambrose. Mm, I love San Ambrose. Mm. New York. Best restaurant in LA. Our kitchen. Brandy is a fantastic cook. And nothing tastes good to me outside of our home here. Which I could be a fantastic cook. We've already asked this, but we'll ask it again. If you could give advice to your 10-year-old self, what would it be? Oh, my God. Well, last time I told you it would be to stretch. Mm-hmm. I think this time I would say to eat veggies. Okay. Because that's something that I didn't do until later in life. I just wish they would like take the time to ask the questions. Like yeah. they're not crazy, complicated questions that you ask me, but you get me going and you're like, okay, that's interesting. And it's a two-way street. Like I learn a lot from my patients and my mentor at Cedar sinai who I've talked about before named John Adams. And he told me, you know, he said, I always try to learn something from my, every patient. And I tip that to heart. And I, you know, I learn a lot from my patients. All these supplements and all this stuff, I didn't learn this in med school. It was a straight Western medical education. You're amazing. We love you. I'm Michelle from Summit, New Jersey to Los Angeles, California. Love you guys. You well. I wish I was there with I you. I know. I know. You could have a consult really quickly. You're already <laughs> a doctor. So I know. I'm going next week to get I my know. blood work. You guys, that's a wrap on Lipstick on the Rim. We really appreciate you guys tuning in week after week. It's 2023. We're trying to to really bring you guests that either debunk something, educate you, or just really fun to have on and talk to. But most importantly, we're really trying to educate educate us as you know hosts together, but also educate our listeners and I think help you be the best version of yourself. Right. We said 2.3. We're 2.3. We're 2.3. We're version 2.3 this year. We're not version 2.2. We are better than that. And we are learning. We are 2.3. Love that. We are. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Amisha Gormley. We are always so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim, or my website where we just dive a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and much, much more on mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. A special thanks to my team, Elizabeth Tawfield, Schaefer Carrillo, Ken Ryan, and Anna Sessions and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.